0: Welcome to a Mouthful of Feet. Today I want to talk about libertarians. You know, because I've always been interested in this question of why libertarians can't win elections. Because it seems like they should. They're the common denominator of American politics. Everybody wants freedom. Everybody wants, they have, and they have something for everybody. They should get at least some traction. But they never get any. They never win any elections at all. So I think that's interesting. And today we're going to talk about it. First of all, I think most people have more or less the same conception or preconception about this, which is basically libertarians are a bunch of dweebs and nerds. Dweebs and nerds are socially helpless and can't do anything. And obviously they can't win elections because they're a bunch of dweebs and nerds. And how can they possibly win elections? That would be absurd. And that makes perfect sense to people. But obviously it can't be that simple because uh, you know libertarian principles are right at the heart of American politics. There's no way that that explains why they don't ever win elections. So... You know, I want to break it down into two questions, which I think are related, and actually which I think about in almost the same way, but it, I think it helps to separate them a little bit, so I'm going to do that. So the first of those questions is, what is this perception about the social marginality of libertarians? Uh, is that real? Is it? Is it only me? I don't think so. I think it's pretty commonly held perception. So I want to ask, but I want to frame it as, and I don't want this to be perceived harshly, but I want to frame it as, basically, why don't normal people become libertarians? And I think everybody gets that. Uh, and if you are a libertarian, there there will be much love for you here on the show today. It's in the subtext. But that's that's question number one. The second is the common denominator problem. I just want to look separately at the question of how it is that libertarians are essentially the consensus of American politics, and yet they never win elections. So the first question is why aren't normal people libertarians and uh you know i think about that i think here's something my dad said when i was a kid when i was about 15 right? 15 years old it isn't particularly deep or anything it's just one of those things fathers will say he said the plan is what the plan is but how you deviate from it will define you you always have a plan you always have some idea of what normal is and normal is probably something that you basically just inherited from another group of people you just identified with it and adopted it as normal Right, and so you said, "I'm going to do that." I say, "I'm going to be a fireman." All right, But at some point, you will deviate from whatever whatever it is that is normal in your conception of fireman, and and the minute you do that, the space between you and that norm is filled with your choices, your values, your your judgment. That space defines you. And I was 15, so you know, I looked appropriately impressed, and I filed that away in my catalog of useful ideas that I never plan to think about. But I'm thinking about it now because it seems to explain this. For one thing, how can libertarians be interesting if they're sort of definitionally unable to deviate from the norm? If the thing that defines you is the difference, is the space between you and whatever the the mean or the average is or the norm, then libertarians are invisible, right? Because there is no space there. So they're impossible to see. Libertarianism defines, virtually defines, a political philosophical norm for us in America. But there are lots of other norms that we can – in fact, the norms that people really measure themselves against tend to be cultural norms, not political, philosophical, intellectual, crap, all that stuff. Most people don't think about all that stuff. Maybe all of our norms average out to be somewhere where libertarians are, but none of us actually live in that place. We all live on our own trajectories, cultural, family, whatever. Because we know, like, what, a few hundred people? And then whatever we get from what we read, media, that's it. That's our whole universe. So well, this is a pretty useful analysis technique because you can go politician by politician and you can ask a few questions. First, you can ask, how is this person on any given topic, how is this person different from the norm that we would define by the libertarian position? Right? And then you can ask, what is the moral argument or what is the value position that drives that person away from that, that norm? And you can do the same again for cultural norms that might be closer to where those people are. For example, if you look at most Republicans, you're going to find that they're pro-life. And when you look at, this, So they're going to be to the right of the libertarian position, and that's how you can do it on your map. You can show them to the right. And then you can look inside and you can say, well, how do I fill that space? What's the value that fills that space? And Republicans will tell you, well, the value is the right to life. It's actually another freedom. It's another fundamental right. But that's not really true. That's not really true. Because if that were true, then the libertarians would be there too. Rights apply to citizens and that's it. (laughs) It's a social contract among the living, not among those who might potentially be citizens one day. It doesn't apply to them. This is probably a controversial statement and not every libertarian would agree with it, but libertarians have a real problem with natural rights. They believe in them, kind of, and they they enumerate them, but they don't think they come from anywhere. They believe in the sovereignty of the individual, for example, but if you ask them for the basis of that, it basically just comes down to the golden rule. You appear to be human, so I'll treat you the way I want to be treated. That really is what it is. In other words, it's a contract. So their basis for natural rights is really a circular argument. They're saying it's an implied contract before it becomes an explicit one. So if you're a pro-life libertarian, and there are some, then you have a real problem. Because the foundation for natural rights in, in libertarian philosophy is kind of a kludge. It's just kind of a get-you-there solution to set up an explicit contract from what was assumed to be an implied one. And this kludge just simply isn't adequate for the problem of abortion, where you have the rights of a woman and the rights of the unborn, and the two of them can't be told to simply live and let live. That's not an option in this case. So the value that Republicans actually fill in that space isn't the right to life, because that isn't a given. It's the underlying belief is the thing that makes them think the unborn have a right to life, in spite of the fact that that's not really what the contract is. You know, The contract is the social contract. You know how the force in in Star Wars springs from all living things? That's how the contract works, too. It's not all living living things. It's whoever comes together to make the contract happen. And that group definitely does not include the unborn, which makes life easy for libertarians who can just ignore them. But it makes life vexing for Republicans or others who think that life begins at conception. and, And they care more about that than they care about the framework of liberal democracy. So there they are, in the system, pushing as hard as they can, filling the space with their values, getting away with it as much as they can. I'm not picking on them. Everyone does exactly the same thing. So anyway, that's how you draw a map, and I'm, I'm way too lazy to do this in any kind of systematic way, but when you finish, please send me a copy, you'll have a good map of the political arena, The whole thing. you'll see it very clearly. And the answer to the question of why normal people don't become libertarians is that normal people have value attachments. They can find themselves on the map that you just made. If you look there and find your own values, the ones you care about more than you care about some vague principle of liberty, you'll find at least one of the reasons that you're not a libertarian. Most of us have lots of attachments, right? Our opinions, our ideologies, our religious beliefs, our propensities, our proclivities, all the things that we get defensive about which makes us easy prey for the parties because they know exactly how to work our fears to a fine point. But that's another another topic. Okay, here's a little visual that, that ties everything together for me and helps me think about it. Here's how it goes. Uh, just look at a zipper. Just look at a zipper. All right, you got... There's, there's the fabric on both sides, it's kind of like a railroad track, so there's a fabric on both sides, and then you get these sort of big pieces that attach to the fabric, and then each like, let's call those the teeth, right? So each tooth has a kind of a big section that attaches to the fabric, and then it has a smaller piece that looks like a puzzle piece that that interlocks with the other, with the other teeth, okay? And that's how zippers work. Good. That's how the American political system works, too. Each of those little plastic bits is uh, an interest group, say. And the little puzzle piece, the little foot that comes off that they use to interlock with all the other little feet, that's their best effort to represent their interest as as a kind of freedom, because that's how the little interlocking feet work. Freedom is the principle that binds them all together, so the only way that you're going to get the whole chain all linked up is if they all have something like the shape of freedom, or at least play nice with it. But you have your values the things you care about. These are the things that, this is how I think the world should be. All right, I'll talk about myself. I think the world should be a place where we take good care of animals and where we, we wouldn't do most of the things that we do to them. All right? If I had my way, boy, I'd make a lot of changes. All right, so that's, that's my big piece, right? And the little puzzle piece there is the best case that I can make that has a universal appeal that everyone else will agree to because, okay, they'll get it because it's freedom. Everybody's for that. Okay, so I got to I got to find a way to fashion my interests into a little puzzle piece that looks like freedom so that I can have a legitimate argument to make. That's what I do. Very hard with animal rights, because animals don't have rights. We'll talk about that, I promise, in another episode. All right, let's continue. Libertarians don't get to have one of these pieces. They're the zipper handle. So get a hold of your Libertarian and zip up your pants. There's some fatherly advice. zip the zipper together, and we call it America, and that's and that's not magical, but it works, more or less. And libertarians get to be the grab handle or something like that, but they don't actually inhabit one of the pieces. They're like a, a Buddhist political class who've shed all personal attachments in favor of an ideal, except for them, it's not a spiritual ideal, it's a, just a political one. So let's take a flattering view. A flattering view of libertarians is this. Libertarians are people who really believe that everyone should be free to do exactly what they want subject only to the rights of others, which sounds fantastic. We all think we think that, but nobody actually thinks that. Not when they find out what it really means, which is extremely limited government. Not only limited, but visionless, directionless, right? A libertarian would say, why should a government have a vision or direction? Those are human things to do. Governments don't need to do those things. People can do those things on their own, and I get that. I really do. But that's basically saying that the world's okay as it is, and people don't really think that. On the contrary, they see perverse economic and cultural trends uh, actually perpetuating and expanding in spite of an abundance of liberty. The libertarian utopia is an anti-utopia, where everything that happens must be good by decree as long as it's happening within a space of freedom. You know, people don't buy that. For one thing, they don't think their biggest problem is that they're not free. In fact, they think that the biggest problem is that lots of other people who are not very nice are free. (laughs) That's the problem that people really have. And the only plan that libertarians have to make this a more tolerable world is they promise to stay out of your business as much as possible. Which is, you know, of course it's naturally appealing to everybody, but it's very, very appealing to all the wrong kinds of people who you don't want to hang out with. So that's another reason libertarians don't win elections. And nobody really thinks that a world in which everybody is free to do pretty much whatever they want, subject to very few limitations, is the ideal. Which is, again, this is a controversial statement, because I think most people do think that they do think that, even though they actually don't. But what they really think is that my values are the truth and they should be worth some sacrifice. I'm willing to sacrifice for them. So let's talk about abortion again because it's very instructive. One thing we can see is that the actual compromise that we get on abortion is a very specific compromise between parties uh, who want much more than they're getting. It's not a compromise among people who are actually looking for that compromised position. This is just another view of how libertarians don't really play a role. They, they argue from the sidelines. But it's the people who want much more than they're getting who are actually exerting the force needed to get as much as they do get. So let's take a couple of beliefs. One is that every life is sacred and deserves the full protection of the state. And another is that every woman has an unqualified right to determine the fate of a pregnancy. Right? Neither of those things is in the Constitution anywhere. You can't find it anywhere at all. Libertarians have actually taken a side on this in favor of choice, and it does them no electoral good whatsoever, which is exactly the point I made. Because if you're a woman who feels that this is a fight that needs to be fought, you're going to look for a champion who promises you a culture that's safe for women in every sense. Right, you're going to get together with other women. You're going to make a big list of all the things that you think are happening in this culture that undermine women, and you're going to look for a champion who's going to turn that list into a program. That's what you're going to do. Libertarians aren't going to do any of those things for you. They're going to, right? They're going to nod very approvingly. Ah, you favor freedom. Then they're going to introduce you to all their other freedom-loving friends, Mr. Gun Rights, Mr. Goldbug. and you're going to run screaming from the room. And that's going to be the end of that conversation. Most people aren't necessarily interested in defending all those other kinds of freedom. It's interesting. There's a parallel here between libertarianism and intersectionality in, in that they're both these kind of big tent ideas where everybody has a reason to come into the tent, and once they're in, they're asked to defend everyone else in the tent. With libertarianism, the fact that the interests are actually quite different from one another is a limiting factor. With intersectionality, I don't know. Maybe time will tell. So that's a problem for libertarians. It's very hard to build a following when you're not really uniquely for anything. That is, everything that you're for, somebody else is also for. Because there's always somebody who's who's out there advocating for any particular freedom. All right? So you, you don't get you don't have a unique platform. At the same time, as a libertarian, you don't get to own a values based vision either. Because libertarian principles aren't values. They're negotiated rules. And the diplomatic function is there. We all recognize it, but it isn't. It's not primary, it's secondary. It's a totally different thing. Prep up. You're, you're not a libertarian because you're not one. You have an ideal world that you believe in. And your ideal world is not the same one that other people have. Your ideal world also isn't one where everybody has to sacrifice their ideal world just to live together. That's not the one you have either. Although that's the one libertarians seem to have. We, you know, we all think we're more libertarian than we really are, and we like to take credit for it wherever we can. So. so, Democrats speak eloquently about the sovereign right of a woman over her body, but then freely offer price controls and all kinds of big state policies. Everybody puts their best foot forward. It's all about the feet. And this has been a mouthful of feet. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time.